0: Not sure where you're going when you die? Pastor Xavier Reese says it's best to plan for your future.
1: Everybody's alive when they die. Question is, where are you going to be? Jesus said, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Do you believe this? Your eternity is at stake in this
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. As sure as the resurrection of Jesus is the hinge on which Christianity rests, so is the fact that our last day on earth will be the first day of eternity. As a matter of fact, the only thing in question is where you will spend it. And today, on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier continues our study through Paul's writing to the Corinthians by teaching the how and when of the resurrection of our physical body. Let's listen.
1: What I want to do for our study today is look through the Scriptures and inquire what is taught about death and resurrection. First, the words of the New Testament about death and resurrection, and then we'll finish up with the words for the timing of of death and the resurrection. Now, the New Testament words are very, very detailed. The words of our Lord, let's begin with them, about His death and resurrection. In John 2, 19 through 21, Jesus declared that if they destroyed the temple, as He's speaking to the Jews, that He would raise it up in three days. But He was speaking of His body, He tells us, not the temple. Matthew seventeen nine. Jesus told Peter, James, and John that they were, as they were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, not to tell anyone about what they saw until the Son of Man was raised from the dead. But they didn't understand it because they had the Jewish mindset, the kingdom age. And by the way, the Mount of Transfiguration, it's a preview of the second coming. Jesus glorified, and they're talking about the kingdom. The words of the Apostle Paul about believers' death and resurrection have a great impact because Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35 through 49. He gives the nature of the resurrection. In verse 35 through 38, Paul shows that there is a relationship to the old body, but not a resemblance. Listen carefully. In 35 to 38, he says, But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And what body do they come? That's the one who doesn't believe. The one that mocks you. You can hear the attitude. Foolish one. Good response. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Here it is, I go to Home Depot, I buy this ugly bulb, I go home, I dig a hole, I stick it in there, a week later I see this little sprout starting to come up, then it grows, 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 and this beautiful flower comes out, so I dig it up, I cut it at the stem, I put the ugly bulb on my left, I put the beautiful flower on my right, and I say, there's no resemblance, but there's a relationship, you get the picture? In 39 to 41, Paul points out that God has given different bodies as it has pleased him. Notice 39, he says, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is flesh kind of flesh of men, others of flesh of animals, others of fish, and another of the birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So there's different excellence and functions of the different designs of God. The celestial body is the sun, the beautiful one. He'll deal with the sun and the moon as we move on, the stars. The sun is a light giver. The moon is a reflector. The creation of the sea, it has its own excellence, its own glory. It's all hooked together by God's design. Verse 41, there is one glory of the sun, a glory of the moon, another of the glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So even the stars in themselves, we look up and say, oh, they're all stars. God says, no, they're so different. In 42 to 43, Paul makes the parallel now and says, so is the resurrection of the body. He says, so also the resurrection of the body. The body is sown in corruption. This is a a decayed body because of sin and death. It is raised in corruption. Just like the body of Jesus, he'll finish saying. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. There's the contrast, okay? Then in 44, he says, It is sown a natural body and is raised a spiritual body. Here's the key, don't miss it. Listen carefully. Verse 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. This is the natural body. I'm looking forward to my spiritual body. But here's where we make a mistake. I say natural body, physical. I can touch it. I can see it. Spiritual body, I can't. No. The body of Jesus was spiritual. Glorified. They touched it. They saw it. Alright. In 45... Down to 49, Paul proclaims it will be like the body of Christ. He says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. I like the old King James. A quickening or regenerating spirit. Okay? God gives you life when you're born through your parents. But Jesus regenerates you and makes you a new creature. Born again. To live with him. Verse 46. However. The spiritual is not first. But the natural. And afterwards the spiritual. Your mom and dad got together. And you resulted tragically. (laughs) Another sinner. Did like I. That came first. But then. In July of 73. Xavier Reese got born again. The spiritual came second. I made a conscious decision. Recognize I was a sinner in rebellion against God and His wrath was upon me. And that He was God who became man, died for my sins and rose from the dead. And if I believe that I can call upon Him, He will forgive me and make me a new creature. Regenerate. Look at 47. The first man was of the earth, made of the dust. Going back to Genesis 2. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The second man is the last Adam. First man, Adam. First Adam. Adam. The second man. But never call him the second Adam. He's called the last Adam. 15.45 of Corinthians. He's the last. Nobody follows him. You understand? One's of the earth, the other one of heaven. And in 48, as was the man of the dust, Adam, you, I, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, Jesus, so also are those who are heavenly And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. God can't lie. We've seen the promise of the Old Testament. Paul here is saying, God has fulfilled it. Now, at this point, the words of Jesus are important regarding his descending to Hades or Sheol. Sheol is in the Hebrew. Hades is in the Greek. We commonly call it hell today for the sake of clarity. Jesus died on the cross, he was put in the grave, and then he went down there. But Jesus, before that, he gave the details about that place of waiting in Luke 16, as he spoke about the rich man and Lazarus who died. And he gives very clear detail about the Old Testament shield that was in general understanding. No detail was given. Okay? If you remember, Jesus said they both died. The rich man was in place of torment. Lazarus, the beggar, was in the place of comfort. Also called place of comfort, bosom of Abraham, paradise. Are we clear on that? All those three things are given to him, okay? And the rich man says, Father Abraham, have Lazarus dip his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I'm burning in these flames. And Jesus says, there's a gulf between you fixed. He cannot come here, you cannot go there. The rich man says, I have five brothers. Send him someone back from the dead to warn them lest they come to this place. He remembered. He understood what he did. He knew who he was. He knew what was going on. Jesus said, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe them, neither will they believe someone who comes back from the dead. Jesus came back from the dead. They don't believe You didn't believe, I didn't believe until God convicted me of my sin and I agreed with God. If you don't know Jesus Christ right now, I would recommend that you understand that you're going to die one day. Let's just say you can live 200 years, but you're going to die. I would think it would be wise for you to speak to somebody who's been there and come back. If you're gone on vacation, you don't check things out, and you go, and you think you've got a great paradise, and you're there, there's a hellhole. Allah has not come back from the dead. Buddha, Krishna, only Jesus Christ. I would think it would be most important for you to be absolutely sure that you understand what happens after death. If you don't know Jesus Christ. And if you do. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Paul confirms the place of descent and ascent to Sheol, to the Ephesians. In Ephesians 4, 8 through 10, quoting Psalm sixty eight eighteen, he says, Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth, Hades or Sheol? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Sheol in Hades was the place of departed spirit, the underworld. Okay? In the Old Testament, the wicked and the good went there, the righteous, but no general, no detail was given. Jesus gives all those details. Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus descended and he disarmed principalities and powers, the angelic demonic realm. And made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. When he led captivity captive, they couldn't stop him. Peter tells us he went down there to preach to the prisoners in 1 Peter 3.19. And the fulfillment that he was Messiah. He had defeated death. He had been raised from the dead. This was in fulfillment of Isaiah. Listen to Isaiah 61, one one. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news or tithings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. That he preached in the synagogue of Nazareth, and they wanted to kill him over that. It was two full fulfillment, the proclamation of the gospel on earth and the descending down and delivering the captives in prison bound. Short term, long term. Paul the Apostle confirms this as he was caught up to heaven when he was stoned to death at Lystra in the book of Acts. He gives us this account in 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. Listen to his words. And you're going to see what happened to paradise, the bosom of Abraham, the place of comfort, after Jesus descended and ascended. He said, I knew a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know. Whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a man was caught up to the third heaven. Third heaven is where God dwells. First heaven is, is where the birds fly. Second heaven is a stellar heaven. The third heaven is where God dwells. There's not five heavens, seven heavens. The Bible teaches three heavens, okay? By the way, the word there, caught up, is harpazo. The same thing as 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Violently, suddenly, transferred from one geographical location to another. Same word. He was caught up from the earth to heaven. He says, and I knew such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I don't know. God knows how he was caught up to, into what? Paradise. And heard inexplicable words, which is not lawful to be uttered. So now Paul the apostle tells us paradise has been transferred, confirming that Jesus descended the captivity and took it to heaven. So now what we have is not, is we have just one compartment of the place of the wicked when they die. Okay, not a twofold compartment paradise prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was the bosom of Abraham place of comfort Luke 16, 22 Jesus told the thief on the cross assuredly I say to you this day you shall be with me where? paradise Luke 23, 43 he descended with Jesus preached to the prisoners and to the believers he scooped up the believers and he transferred paradise to heaven Paul confirms this the author to Hebrews declares about the men and women of faith this in Hebrews 11:39 and 40. And all these having obtained good testimonies through faith because it is the hall of faith did not receive the promise God having provided us something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They had to wait there till Jesus died Because He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He made the payment for all the IOUs of the Old Testament sacrifices. The blood of bulls and goats could not forgive sins. They were IOUs in faith of the Messiah to come. He paid them all. So they had to wait till He descended. He scooped them up. Revelation 118. Jesus said, I am He who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. So be it. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Wow. He tasted death for every man, Hebrews 2 tells us. So death has no fear or sting to us. Wow. This is the information that is given to us in the New Testament that helps us to understand the resurrection. Let's finish with the timing of Death and the resurrection. Paul again here will help us in chapter 15, verses 20 through 23. Paul told the Corinthians that Christ was the first fruits as he rose, so the believer will be raised in like manner. 20 to 23, he says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, meaning Adam, by man, meaning Christ, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ all should be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming." So Christ has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Again, falling asleep is a euphemism for believers. It doesn't mean your bo- doesn't mean that you are asleep and then God raises you. Your body goes into the grave, but not your spirit and soul. We'll see this as we move along. The first fruit means the sample of a greater harvest to follow after the same quality. Exactly as the body of Jesus, Christ first, then those in their own order. The ones who have fallen asleep refer to the believers in Christ. Again, it's never referred to the unbeliever. In 23, Christ first and then each one in his own order and then those at his coming, we will see. Now, we get a little greater detail in Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 through 8. Paul told the Corinthians in his second letter that the instant a believer is absent from this body, he is present instantly with the Lord. Look at verse 1. We know that when this earthly tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The contrast is temporal, eternal, earthly, heavenly. Don't miss that, okay? In verse 2 through 4, he says, we grow earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation or dwelling, which is from heaven. And then he says twice, we're never found naked. I'm never in an in-between state. Look at 5 through 6. God has prepared us for this very thing, giving us the spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, this tent here, we are absent from the Lord. Real simple. Remember the term fall asleep again, is only for the physical being of the believer at death. The minute you die, you are before the Lord in your spirit and soul instantly. Then, when Jesus returns at the rapture, then he raises the physical body. This body goes to the ground. I go before the Lord. Remember the prophecy of Isaiah. Listen to him again. Twenty six nineteen. Your dead body shall live together with my dead body shall rise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in the dust, for your dew is like the dews of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. It is the fulfillment of the raising of Jesus. Matthew twenty seven, fifty one to fifty three says in fulfillment of this passage, listen what happened. He says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Okay, God did it, not man. Man would have ripped it from the bottom to the top. And the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened. And many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after the resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Hi, Uncle Pete, how you doing? As evidence that Christ had destroyed death. Christ first, then them and their own order and then those who are alive when it comes in the rapture. people saw these people it's a record this affirms Christ the first fruit in them in their own order 1 Corinthians 1523 now the first Thessalonians Paul the apostle reveals the very order and timing of of this resurrection of the physical body from the grave. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13-18. first Paul told them of their distinctiveness of their hope. In verse 13. Listen carefully. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Lest you sorrow as others that have no hope. In other words, you and I as Christians weep differently. We weep because we love our loved ones that are gone. But not because we don't know where they're at. Okay? We have hope. They're before the Lord. Now, some of our family members die without Christ. It's a sad thing because we know they're not with the Lord. Okay? But we know when Christians die, they're with the Lord. Okay? We're not religious people. Secondly, in verse 14, he tells them that their loved ones were with Jesus because they were concerned what's going to happen when He comes back for us. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... God will bring with Him Jesus, those who sleep in Jesus. In other words, there was Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 1-8. When Jesus comes back for the church, guess who's coming back with Him? All the dead Christians. Okay? Then in verse 15, He qualifies His words. For this we say to you by the words of the Lord, that we were alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. Now He's talking about us who are alive will by no means precede those who are asleep. You cannot beat our dead loved ones to heaven because they have left before you. They're there. We're still alive waiting. This is what Paul means in his own order or rank at the physical death. Verse 23 of chapter 15 here, Corinthians. Paul gives us the victory. Look at 49 of chapter 15. And as we have borne the image of the man, of the dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, Jesus. There's your promise. Guaranteed. In 50, now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit in corruption. So this body's for here. That's all it is. It can't go to heaven. 51 and 52, he confirms what we just said about Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, the last trump. For the trump will sound, the dead in Christ shall rise, to be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Confirmation. 57. But thank be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's the only victor. There's the only way that we can be sure of what will happen to us after we die. These are the facts about death and the physical resurrection of the believer. The minute you die as a believer you're instantly present before the Lord if you die as a non-Christian you're separated from God your body goes back to the grave when the Lord comes back and raptures the church the physical bodies will be raised to meet the Lord in the clouds and be joined with the spirit and soul these are the words of Jesus the fulfillment of all the progressive revelation of the Old Testament you can Bet your eternity
0: on them. Pastor Xavier Reese, offering some clarification of the state of our resurrected bodies as he relates Paul's word of counsel to the Corinthians. And you can request a CD copy of today's important study called The Physical Resurrection. Having your own copy makes a convenient way to pass on the study to others or perhaps catch up on parts that you may have missed on the radio. And this will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. It's available for just $4, and all you need to do is request the title, The Resurrection of Our Physical Bodies. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. How important is proclaiming the true effect of the gospel? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese. That's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths.